the Packer and Durham podcast. Packer and Durham, it is a Monday, last time I checked, and we're still streaming on the ESPN app. Uh, we got the whole crew here. I okay. mean, the whole crew. I mean, everybody and their brothers here, because it's wet, it's cold, it's nasty. I don't know what happened on that beautiful weather here in the Carolinas, but we don't have it today. 80 degrees yesterday here. Was. Gorgeous. Was. Yeah, it was 80, and it was gorgeous. Now, it's a soaking wet yeah, mess. Not good. How you doing? You look good. Good to see you. You same. Hope you had a good holiday weekend. Very nice. Winston-Salem for the spring game. Played a little golf yesterday. Good for you. Okay. Thank you. Appreciate that. I didn't. Play no, I know that. Got a lot of people helping us on this show now, I've noticed. Do you know that? We got a full house back in Bristol. We got the normal here, right? Captain Ron and Robert, Rob and Otto Otto's in the back. And, yeah. Just checked on him. Yeah. He was sound asleep. Yeah, of course he was. Had to wake him up. And we got him on the clock. That's good. Uh, we have, uh, Chrissy directing today. Chrissy! Chrissy! Uh, Lensman Chick. Lensman Chick. Lensman Chick started all this today because I asked who else is helping besides Lensman Chick. I hope Lensman Chick and the rest of the cohorts, the smart people in Bristol, were not recording about 45 minutes before the show today because uh, we had a bee in here. A bee? Yeah. It's too cold and rainy to have well, a bee. Well, the bee was a problem, and I had a broom, and it became a real problem. And I'm surprised I didn't destroy the entire set. <laughs> I hope nobody was recording it. Because me and Captain I, I Ron. I kind of hope we do, actually. Me and Captain Ron were going after this bee, and it would not leave. We had the doors open. Yeah. It's freezing cold. It's raining. We had the garage doors yeah. open. Hallway door open. Yeah. It was a mess. So we have... Uh, Drew and Casey, of course, the Drew Brooks, one, the original lumberjack. Casey O'Brien, been working with us, and great to have Casey add some sanity to the mix with Drew and us. And then we have Aldo, Michael, Lance. But wait, our staff has expanded apparently. Francis, Cam, and then in Bunker 2-0 is Robert and Jonathan. So we have all these people helping us produce Packer and Durham for your television enjoyment this morning. That's good. We need all the help we can get. Yeah, we do. At least I can speak for myself. Absolutely. You're fine. I, no, might, I might need some help. I think we're doing good. You're in the midst of technology, and things are going great. So we're all good this morning. Boy, oh, boy, oh, boy. Yeah. Not good. I know how you and technology are, so don't get along. Just, just fold that laptop down for the time I, being. I, it's becoming a, a more of a running list of things I don't get along with. But technology and American <laughs> Airlines are now neck and neck. They are neck and neck with my problems. Yeah. By the way, we got stuff. We got mail? We got mail. We got a box. Yeah. This bad boy right here. We're going to open it. I have no idea what that is. Okay. But I have a letter I need to read real quick. We'll get this. We got, because we got stuff to get into. We got a lot weekend. of people on this show today. Yeah. Great. So I'm going to make this short and sweet. All right. Uh, let me put on the readers. Oh, this is when Scholarly Packer comes in. Professor Packer. Yeah. That's right. Look at that. Oh, yeah. Polly Teague Davis. Polly Teague Davis. Polly, good morning. Big big fan. Okay. Uh, first of all, I want to tell uh, you both how much I enjoy your program, your personalities, your humor, <laughs> your exceptional you. knowledge. Uh, bless you. 
uh, make the show absolutely delightful. Uh, the interviews with coaches and students add such a personal touch to my love of the ACC. That's very kind. Thank you. Uh, secondly, I've been a Wake Forest Demon Deacons fan since I was two years old. We Swiss. Lived in- uh, well, be careful. Uh, some people are not happy with me with the Swiss today, but I'll get to that later too. Hmm. We lived in Wake Forest, the town. When my father was in law school, my mother taught Bones children in kindergarten, first grade. He'd drop by a room and say, here now, here's tickets for the game. So my love for the Deacons started very early. So this goes on and on and on, yeah. right? She goes, um, so I was 10 years old in 1962. I wrote a letter to Bones McKinney and the team telling him how proud I was of their performance in the NCAA tournament. Bones sent a letter to me thanking me for my letter and included an autographed copy of the 61-62 Wake Forest Basketball Handbook. Billy. <clears throat> I, I, by the way, Billy saw all of this yesterday at our Easter gathering here at the house. He uh, goes on to say, I was elated to say the least. I have treasured it for years. I'm sending you a copy of the letter and a copy of a few pages of your dad. <laughs> I'm sure he has his handbook, but if not, I thought you would enjoy it. I can copy the entire book if you'd like to have the information in it. I'll be glad to do so. It would mean something to him. I'm 70 years of age now, and I still follow my Swiss every moment. Wow. I still believe black and gold. Again, look forward to your program every day. Grateful for the work that it takes to produce your show. Hope you can broadcast from the water in May. I know you like handwritten notes, but my wordiness needed a typed one. I am including a picture note, which is handwritten, which she did. All right. Molly, thank you so much. Here is the copy of the letter from Bones McKinney. Look at my man Bones. 1961-62. Wake Forest College. She lived on Battleground Road. Yeah. Wow. Here's a, here's, a, here's a copy of the front page of the 6162 Wake Forest. That's Len Chapel. Isn't that's it? correct. Yeah. With Bones McKinney. How awesome is that? Here's Billy. Look at young, strapping Billy Packer. How's that? Coming at you from PA. Look at that guy. How about that? Right, Chris is going to get There's Billy right there. Look at Billy. Huh? Look at Billy on the right, Lenny on, Lynn Chapel on the left. Yeah. All yeah, the yeah. great players. Yeah. There's more. We have more pictures. Oh, we have at, stats and information. Wait, wait. Look at Billy bottom center. That's Billy. Yeah. Look at that serious look now. Oh, yeah. Look at that serious oh, look. Yeah. It's giving you the Mario Cristobal death stare. <laughs> and then oh. there's the team. How about that? I love it. All right, so that's that stuff. So, Polly, I appreciate that very much. And Billy saw it yesterday and studied it for about a half an hour. So, Polly, if you're watching this morning, he really, really enjoyed it. Look at this. All right. Now, wait. There's more. So, uh, I think it was Friday. Maybe it was Saturday. We get a box delivered. I have not opened it, but it is from Chapel Hill. Aha. All right. Billy has a good overhead jump shot from the outside and is a flashy ball handler. But will not pass it to you. <laughs> <laughs> they didn't list assists. Oh, yeah. You know why? Because uh. there were none. Gotcha. No assists. Grandpa right. Tony was a star athlete at St. Lawrence University, huh? Oh, yeah. Pop up Tony. Getting the job done. Oh, man. Love it. All That's right. awesome. I love those old school. I love the old school write-ups about players. I don't players. want to ruin this box because uh, Captain Ron says he needs it. Yeah, Captain Ron apparently going to be transporting some uh, government-approved uh, items here before too long. I'll take that. That's me. Thank you. 
Oh, easy, easy. The boys are getting nervous. Sorry, sorry. They hate fireworks, sorry. you know. Sorry, sorry. I'm sorry, Fuller. Oh, man, we got stuff here. I am so... Oh, I know what it is now. Heck, yeah. Here. Aaron Matson. I'll give Karen you Karen Shelton. I got a handwritten note out of this. Yeah, we do. Look at here. Captain Ron, do you want this for the uh, yeah, you're gonna samurai need sword you're sitting... Wait, I was saying government-approved things, not just... You're starting to disclose Captain Ron's That's all right. intentions. Hey, just put Wes's address. They'll find him over there. Handwritten notes. I'm all about them. Here it is. This from uh, Carolina Field Hockey. Yeah, boy. Yeah, boy. This comes from the one and only Karen Shelton. Yes, it does. We love Karen Shelton. Yep. She says, Dear Mark and Wes, another championship, another stick, another note of thanks. I like that, huh? Well, I like, kind of like the gray handle on that one. That's good. She goes, um, you guys are the best. I especially loved your coverage of our most recent Carolina versus Duke um, men's basketball game. Karen Shelton oh, taking a shot at Duke. Call. You like that, right? Curtain call. Yeah, right, right. Yeah, she goes, uh, keep up the great work. Go ACC. Go Heels. Karen Shelton. Heck yeah. She's tremendous. So there goes. We will add this to our collection, which is literally right behind me. The other two national championship sticks. This is the one they right, made right Michigan with, isn't it? Right yeah. Nice. So we got yeah. stuff. Thanks, I like Karen. when we get stuff. Tell so, Willie Hay. Yep. Karen's awesome. All right. But we're not done. There's more. Nope, we're not. Because um, I was actually stopped. By the cops. In Winston-Salem. No. <laughs> Although there was a... A lot of presence of law enforcement the, on the highways the this weekend. The Popos up there in Winston-Salem, they didn't uh, um, take care of you. The, uh, this weekend I was stopped at Truist Field by a Wake Forest fan who said, did you get Coach Clawson his egg custard? <laughs> and I looked at him and I said, matter of fact, I did. Hey, look at this. Yep. So Friday afternoon, the long-awaited egg custard from Miss Jean. For the head football coach of the Deacons, and he partook. Coach Cher, did he just go oh, he shared, shared go around the room. Elbow? Sure did. Cut yeah. it up. He brought in uh, stuff. So good. Culinary uh, plates and knives and forks and such, and shared with all. And excellent. Uh, Brad Lambert, his defensive coordinator, said, "So what's the story on this egg custard?" <laughs> I said, "It's a family recipe. My mom. It's actually my grandmother's recipe. My mom." I think it was my great-grandmother's recipe. My mom will tell me if I'm right or wrong on that. But nonetheless, um, my grandmother used to make it. My mom makes it, and Coach Clawson loved it. Can't so there we go. Can't beat it. It's gold, that stuff. Fighting the stick, by the way. Hey, don't worry about it. It took me like three days to get the last one off. That's sweet, though. Tell Karen Shelton getting the job done. Three-time national title. on your grip here, too. Well, you could. Yeah. Interlocking. Good. Thanks, Karen. Appreciate it. So Coach Clawson got his egg custard. There Excellent. Everybody's happy. A um, lot of other good things going on. Armando Baycott apparently in the news this weekend. You know he's coming back to Carolina. That was that, announced last He's not last the only week. one. Well, but Armando Baycott was in the news this weekend because he took to social media and said, I miss basketball. I have no life. Who wants to play golf? DM me. <laughs> so Baycott was looking for a – Baycott was looking for a, uh, a foursome. How about your uh, 6'10", 245-pound, 255-pound, you know, player of the year candidate next year? We'll go ahead and play nine holes at Finley. Well, Finley's actually closed, I think. Or they're, 
It's funny hard. Getting ready to redesign. Um, so, but anyway, pretty good week for Hubert Davis. We'll yeah, I on. mean, you've got Leaky Black announcing Friday. We'll talk more about that because now that leaves the proverbial elephant in the room on Caleb Love, which we said last week's probably about ten days out. So. You know, we'll see what happens. It's, it's been all good news for Carolina in terms of returnees, for sure. No question. So, um, it is also Unity Week in the ACC. That starts uh, officially over the weekend. In fact, we'll be uh, visiting with Isaiah Holmes. Uh, Holmes of Miami coming up. He'll be our first I, Unity Week guest. I was going to wear the uh, Unity Week <clears throat> t-shirt this morning, but it's too cold, That's man. That's right. We're going to get that thing back up in the 80s yeah. bring it the Unity t-shirt. Yeah. So, and we've got... Uh, that's the other thing, too. We've got spring games to talk about from over the weekend. We'll do that coming up here in just a minute. Uh, four of them right here on ACC Network. Gotten a lot of positive stuff, by the way. Um, people have really enjoyed the 10 games over the two weeks to kind of check in not on their school, but also the others that have been staged in the ACC. Yeah, well, that's the cool thing about the spring games, right? You get a chance to sample it. Right. Uh, it's like the perfect appetizer. Yep. You're not going to learn a whole – at least I haven't. I mean, I think the one thing I found out Saturday watching the four spring games, I think the quarterback rooms are pretty good at the four teams I saw Saturday. Yeah. I think you've got, for the most part, like at places like Wake Forest and at Miami, you've got incumbents, right? Yeah, I mean, but Garcia looked good, I thought, as a backup for <clears throat> Miami. Right. I thought both quarterbacks at Duke slung the ball pretty well, looked yeah. pretty good doing their thing, Jordan Moore and Riley Leonard. Uh, Hartman's the man, of course, but they've got backups here, but I don't want to worry about that. Yeah, I like Billy Edwards. I do too. And, yeah. and Virginia Tech, uh, from a quarterback perspective, which to me was kind of the million-dollar question going into it, mm -hmm. uh, you know, I thought Wells threw the ball pretty well. Looks yeah. like he's the guy that you could trust to say, hey, listen, let's go win some games. Yeah. Roddy made the point we were talking about it, uh, Virginia Tech coming up following our coverage in Winston-Salem on Saturday. He got to see Garrett Wells last year. He did a Sunbelt game on a Thursday night with Matt Berry, he got to see Garrett Wells play for Marshall. He thinks Garrett Wells can have a, have a little bit of an impact in terms of what Virginia Tech wants to do, no, I think given, they, given their run game and everything else. Yeah, I think they could win with him <clears throat> based yep. on what – again, it's a spring game, so don't get, you don't get too high And wouldn't it be low. nice for Virginia Tech to have that kind of quarterback continuity, have some kind of stability at that position? Right. But I think that if you're a Hokie fan, whether you attended the game or watched it on ACC Network, you, you watched it and you said, okay, uh, hey, we can go in with this guy. Let's go. Yeah. Yeah. Keep him healthy. Keep him upright. When we come back, we'll get cranked up here on a Monday. we got a lot to go. Uh, busy 8 o'clock hour. We'll tell you about that. But we'll check in on South Florida. Pac Sky TVD was throwing it. And the Deeks as well in Winston-Salem. First ever live televised spring game of Wake Forest football. We'll talk about all that and more next. We welcome you to Monday's Packer and This is Packer and Durham on ACCN and Sirius XM Channel 371. Thing looks Packer good. and Durham. It looks good. Yeah, well, that's not, it's not its resting spot. It's going to be back here uh -huh. with the other sisters. How about the GOAT, Aaron, Aaron Matson, who won that national championship with the sudden victory on Michigan, too? Again, it's going to look good back here with the other two. Yeah, we got them sitting there. Look Pretty good. sweet. Karen Shelton getting the job done. 
So you watched? I did. I watched all four okay. spring games. Saturday. Like a real Saturday for you, wasn't it? Yeah, it kind of felt like old times again. Yeah. Um, Two-hour window. Yeah. Your game finished up a little early. Did. Slightly, mm-hmm. which I was impressed. Thanks. Some did not. No. Some run long. Yeah. Uh, but like I said, the thing that jumped out at me, uh, the <laughs> one common denominator of all four teams right. was I like the quarterback rooms. Let me mm-hmm. emphasize, not necessarily your starting quarterback, but the one thing about this league, people can rip it to shreds nationally all they want, but you cannot deny the quality of the quarterbacks in this conference. And I thought the four teams that played Saturday, Miami, Wake, Virginia Tech, and Duke, mm-hmm. I thought all of them had a one and a one A, which I, I as a fan, I like. Yeah. If I'm a Wake, you know, if I'm a Wake fan, hey, I know Hartman's my go-to guy, but hey, what's the future look like? Right. The talent they brought in, the slinging around the yard, I'm like, okay. I thought Garcia looked really good for Miami. I thought he looked good a year ago. To be honest with you, right? Well, the one snap away thing. You. This is why you watch spring football. Exactly right. You and you have to have that guy. Mm-hmm. Now you may not need four of them. Right, because you know, every eventually, if you have four dudes who can play, they're going to go. Hey, I deserve the ball, and in this day, in right. the name of the transfer portal, they're up and they're out of there if they don't get the ball. But you definitely need two. Right, you need two guys just in case your starter gets banged up. You know, get next guy up, let's go play. We don't miss a beat. But I, that's the one thing I liked. What I saw really with all four schools on Saturday. All right, let's go to uh, let's go to South Florida because there was a lot of interest now in the Canes spring game that was actually played at the home of Inter-Miami up in Fort Lauderdale. So good crowd. Tyler Van Dyke threw for 177 yards and a touchdown. Uh, Offense beat the defense 31-27. to Again, Gizmo scoring is the uh, name of the game in the spring. Uh, Restrepo, uh, six catches, 61 yards. Um, Thaddeus Franklin ran the ball. Henry Parrish Jr., 100 yards, three scores for those guys. There's Restrepo on a catch. But you mentioned the Garcia factor. It's really not that much different from a year ago when De'Eric King was over there on the sideline wearing a headset and Van Dyke and Garcia were the quarterbacks. And they both looked good a year ago. Yeah. So it's actually comforting for Mario Cristobal and Josh Gaddis that they've got this 1A – 1B, 2, whatever you want to call it. Here's Garcia. And again, plenty of experience and a guy who's got a cannon, doesn't he? I like I mean, it comes out of his hand big time. So you got to look at Miami. Jacob Lichtenstein, by the way, the transfer from Southern California, had a sack as well. They've got, they're going to be some names that pop up on the defensive side. Those are the ones you're going to need to follow, too, as camp unfolds. And, all and, and no, listen, the other thing, too, was, and you know this, mm-hmm. that when you're not putting guys on the ground, sometimes you can't really get a handle on your can... offensive and defensive lines. But right. you can see who's putting pressure and edge rushing and all mm-hmm. that kind of stuff. I mean, we watched the Clemson spring game. He had, what, 13 sacks? Yeah. Kind of crazy, right? You couldn't do anything offensively. But right. uh, all the that's the one thing that you just can't go too crazy with spring games going, oh, my gosh, we're the greatest thing since sliced bread. Or, right. oh, my goodness, we can't beat anybody. You, you can't go too extreme on this. But there are little things I think you can watch and pick up on. Mm-hmm. And I think, again, I go back to the quarterback play this weekend. I was impressed. Yeah. Uh, here's Mario Cristobal after the ball game uh, talking about uh, what he was most impressed with on Saturday. Well, there's there's a few things. Number one, the venue I love. You know, I love being here. This is really incredible, and um, just again, very grateful for that opportunity. And then the fans showing up like they did. 
Um, second of all, I think there was some good play at the line of scrimmage from the offensive line in the run game. There were some spurts. Um, I thought, you know, Henry Parrish and, and that had, me, had their moments, right? Uh, I thought Devon, you know, all spring long, man, has showed up and done a really, really good job. The tight ends continue to get better and improve, you know, and made some big plays. Blocked well as well. I thought there was some good play for some of the linebackers. The secondary played some good plays. At receiver, we were inconsistent. Some good plays at the slot and then outside. Um, we made some plays, but you know what? When you have a quarterback like that, he's making those throws, find a way to get the ball. So they know how I am. Every single player knows exactly how I come and, and I'm very honest, very direct. And we got to get better and come up with those passes. And I trust that we will because we'll work at it. All right. You saw, he mentioned tight ends. You know about Will Mallory, who's terrific. You saw Dominic Mamarelli, a redshirt freshman, make a play. Um, he played in 10 games last year, and he's a guy that came out of high school big time. He was the number two tight end in the ESPN 300 uh, from Naples. So you can count on that position being flourished. That was a position that when Cristobal used to be the head coach at FIU Pack, remember they had tight ends. They also had them at Oregon, so things like that. Mention Restrepo. He's a sophomore. Don't forget we're still talking about Romello Brinson. Remember last year uh, we talked about uh, – Keyshawn Smith, he's still there. You got all these guys. Plus, you got Frank Ladson. Remember him from Clemson? Remember Frank Ladson? He can never stay healthy. <laughs> yeah, I hope it. he can, but he's back home. You know, right. He transferred out. He went yeah. back home. Uh, was a highly touted recruit. Uh, just could never get on the field and stay healthy. But if he can, the guy is a talented dude. And they have, by the way, just sidebar here to this, Don Chaney is a known commodity. Jalen Knighton's a known commodity. You saw Thad Franklin. You saw Henry Parrish. Don't forget Cody Brown, too. They've got five running backs. Cody Brown is a guy that, remember, a year ago when the injuries crept in, Cody Brown's a guy that, you know, at the end of the year was running the rock for him. Uh, and I think it is a Van Dyke, in ink, Garcia backup, good situation. Now, here's the key. We'll pivot to Wake Forest on this thought. If Van Dyke can stay healthy, Garcia, he'll be fine too. Sam Hartman last year was able to take every snap of every game as the starter for Wake Forest. Sometimes that's not been the case in Winston-Salem. So the backup position to your point, there's got to be some sort of plan there. That's what the Deacons, I thought, were trying to sort out a little bit on Saturday in the spring game. Which of the guys, I mean, you know 10, and here's A.T. Perry, always open. Uh, but I thought Hartman, very businesslike approach. Thought he did what he had to do. Um, you know. You know what I like about Wake, Wes? Mm, what's that? Their wide receivers are terrific. Right? Pretty good. I mean, we talk about quarterbacks and all that kind of stuff. But you know what? Frisbee catching dogs, you better have them. All right. And I think Dave Clawson and his staff have done a brilliant job. Yeah. And not only finding guys that fit their scheme, but coaching them up. And you wait and I mean Wake Forest rolls those wide receivers out. You go, well, that's a pretty good collection. Sam's throwing it too. And and here's the thing. Warren Ruggiero does a terrific job coaching quarterbacks. That's been proven under Dave Claus. No question. Kevin Higgins does a great job developing wide receivers. That's been proven with Dave Clawson. Yep. Here's the other thing, too. The question we asked these coaches about, hey, give us somebody. Remember last week, Dave Clawson told us about Horatio Fields? And who all of a sudden goes making eye-popping catches and, as Roddy said, taking balls off people's heads Saturday? Horatio Fields. That's what I'm saying. 
And now all of a sudden you have A.T. Perry, Donovan Green, Keyshawn Williams, Jamal Banks, Horatio Fields. I mean, there's four guys, five, six guys at Wake Forest you don't have a problem putting on the field. And they're all playmakers. They're all guys that can catch it and then turn it into points. If you're not careful, you miss a tackle. And you got a guy in Sam Hartman, you got all this experience back. It's one of the reasons why Wake Forest should be a preseason top 15 team. Now, whether they are or not, I don't know. The AP voters sometimes are sound asleep. And if you're not from the Southeastern Conference, you don't get the benefit of the doubt. So we'll see. I, yeah. I think Wake's going to be really good. And, and here's the other part, too. Defensively, you can't tell in a spring game, but it looked like they had guys. Now, I, I want to see a little more of the secondary. Okay. Yeah, I don't learn a whole lot about this. But I'll be honest with you. With there are too many names, Pac, that you've seen there for a year or two in that secondary. No, I get that. And that's the part about it that I think that was I mean, a there's bad another. Call. Yeah, that was the bad interference call. Yeah. So anyway, Roddy's not ripping the refs, but I was. I was sitting on the couch going, I, 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 "No disrespect, it was a bad Roddy, call." Roddy said it was spring; he was going to go easy. Yeah, I, I wasn't. You I were. was not going easy on yeah. the couch because I thought that was a, a um, bad call. But, but I mean, was. you know, you had guys that didn't play in the game, things like that. When they're healthy at their hole, I think Brad Lambert's got a really good opportunity. I think Glenn Spencer will do a terrific job coaching linebackers. I was impressed with Wake Forest. I was, too. I was impressed with the depth. And I don't see any reason why you cannot consider them in that mix with NC State and with Clemson and whoever else to potentially be a factor Without in the question. fist fight of the Atlantic. Despite the FPI last week's, what, 74% yeah, for Clemson and everybody else is at 7% in the yeah. Atlantic or whatever it was, it, it's close. the gap is much closer than that, yeah. I can assure you. Now, who wins it? I got no idea. We'll, we'll roll it out there. But I think Wake Forest is going to be very, yeah. very good. And then you know they're going to be well coached. Yeah. Now, you got to stay healthy. I think it's a one deal for the Deeks that their depth issue may not be what you need it to be to be at that standard. But I like their team yeah. a lot. Well, and you didn't even see Bothroyd in the game. You didn't see – uh, Evan Slocum, who they think is going to be in the secondary. By the way, Purple Hurricane, Cartersville. Um, you know, uh, th- there is plenty there. And I'll tell you the other thing, too. And I know spring is not the time where anybody cares about kicking. But when one of the all-time greats in NCAA history walks away in Nick Skiba in Winston-Salem, you better care about kicking because Klaus and Sedner are meeting on Friday – you know, Nick Skiba can help win a lot of those 50-50 games that Wake Forest has been known to pick up, right, the last couple of years. Yeah, you got to win the little things, yeah. right? And Wake's been great at that. Turnover and, department, they've been fantastic the last couple of years. It's almost a standard that you expect now from the Deeks yeah. when they play that, hey, they're going to win the turnover margin. They oh, do the little things. And, That's good coaching. And they showed Matthew Dennis and Zach Murphy in a kicking competition. By the way, Matthew Dennis from right down the street here. Yep. He's been to Poppy's. Saw him at Poppy's one day. Came up and introduced him. Is that right? Yeah. Nice young man. All right, when we come back, the two other games. Uh, Blacksburg, a lot of enthusiasm. Played inner Sandman. Crowd was great. Midnight Rider came running out there. And then to Duke, where Mike Elko went core football. And it showed Saturday night, didn't it, too? Well, that was kind of getting after it a little bit in the spring on the grass at Wallace Wade. Back after this on Packer and Durham. Tune into Packer and Durham weekday mornings from 7 to 10 Eastern for the best conversations about everything from the ACC. Find it on the ACC Network, Sirius XM Channel 371, and streaming on the ESPN app.
spring football Saturday, 4 o'clock, Scott Stadium, David A. Harris in the third field at the Carl Smith Center in Charlottesville for Tony Elliott and Virginia. We'll have it for you on ACC Network, streaming live on the ESPN app. Roddy Jones and I'll be there with Kelsey Riggs, Pack to see Brennan Armstrong shoot it around the yard. Beautiful Charlottesville. Mm-hmm. Be a nice place to retire. <laughs> Second time in a couple of weeks you said that. Just saying. Okay, here we go. It's a beautiful place. Um, the awkward promo from Virginia to Virginia Tech here, kids. Uh, I'll say this much, though. Hmm. Hokie Nation came out to watch a little football Saturday. I, I now that the momentum was, was real in Blacksburg. I loved it. Yeah. I loved everything about it. Mm-hmm. Weather was good. Their baseball team was rocking this weekend. We'll get the baseball. Don't don't worry. We got everybody. All the sports we cover. Yeah, uh, but it was a cool weekend in Blacksburg. Now they were ready to roll. All right. By the law, the maroon beat the white twenty six to ten. Outgained them two ninety three to one twenty six. Uh, each team had three sacks. Give me the dirt and the details here, big man. Uh, that guy right there. Garrett I, Wells. I, I wanted, yeah, I wanted to see him and see what he was going to be about. And uh, I thought Wells looked like a guy that this team can win with, mm-hmm. right? I mean, we talked about this all last week. We had Coach Pry on, and, and we had a list of five guys out there going to kick it around, see what they're going to do at the quarterback. I, yep. I thought he looked pretty good. I'll be honest with you. I know it's a spring game, so you don't, like I said, you don't get too high, you don't yep. get too low. But I thought all the quarterbacks of the four teams that played over the weekend mm-hmm. gave me a little depth where you said, hey, you know what? they got guys who can play. A couple of deep balls to Caleb Smith. Yeah. You look good. Yep. But I, you know, when we get to the season. Sure. What I really want to see with Brent Pry is his impact on the defensive side, right? The Hokies have got to play a little tougher brand of football like they used to. I know he wants to bring that back. Special teams has to be important. Yeah. It's part of the gig. And uh, Coach, by the way, coming through the tunnel. Welcome, he looked Brent. Like he, Look at that. Welcome, Brent. He looked like he lost his breath. It looked like, I mean, and I know it's a spring game, but you could just tell he was just like, wow, man. He was just wound up and ready to roll. But I uh, was number one, loved the crowd, which no surprise with mm-hmm. Virginia Tech. But I liked the quarterback. I thought Wells looked good. Yeah. No turnovers on the day. Six different Hokies had a sack, familiar names, new names, things like that. So, great debut, right? Then Brent Pry had to face the media. Brent, you said you'd name a quarterback, you know, starting quarterback when you were comfortable and when you felt ready. Are you ready at this point after the spring's now kind of concluded to name a starter? No, I wouldn't say that. Um, I thought Grant played awful well today, did some good things. Uh, obviously, Jason at the offensive line struggled a little bit for the white group, made it tough on Jason. But uh, Grant obviously threw some good balls and, and had a good first half out there. But, uh, we, you know, we'll evaluate the film and, and continue to work through the summer, and we'll take that competition into the preseason camp. I, I appreciate the Edward R. Murrow investigative journalism that took place post-game. But Pack. Missed a golden opportunity, didn't he? He could have taken a page out of the Pac-Man. That's what I was getting right ready there. to say. Did you, did we not have this conversation thought, last week with Coach Pry? I thought we made it pretty clear to the Midnight Rider <laughs> that the answer to that question is you'll find out on the very first snap of the season in my starting exactly quarterback right. going to be. I mean, I, I thought we – I really thought we kind of outlined this for him, didn't we? Thought we were making this easy, Coach. 
We were giving you the Pac-Man's yeah. parliamentary rules of process for this. The first question, the only question about your quarterback is, yeah, we're going. Uh, now again, I was I appreciate his answer last week on the show. I yeah. promise you, we're going to have one. That's yeah. why Elko went that route to, that route too. But the answer is, hey, we you know you'll find out. Don't yeah. worry about it. Season starts in September. We'll Coach, let you know about it. You answer that question by going, uh, we play at Old Dominion. What's and, the date of that game? Is that uh, August or September? It's September. There you go. That's well, when you run out. on the field at Old Dominion, you'll find out. Yeah, that's exactly when you find out. But, again, Grant Wells showed you, I thought, he's got the moxie to play. And I, I think Virginia Tech's got their guy. Now, again, I haven't been to a practice. I saw two hours, and that's all I've seen of Virginia Tech football this spring. But uh, number six, uh, I think that's your guy, until proven otherwise. I, for those that are junkies, you can go down that YouTube rabbit hole or whatever. Go look at some Marshall highlights. He's capable. And Charles Huff did a nice job last year with the herd, but nonetheless, he's at Virginia Tech now. And you kind of saw the run-throw stuff there. To me, I think that's a that's a plan. Connor Blumberg lined up at where? Wide receiver? He was everywhere. He was everywhere, and right? He, he's so athletic, you got to figure out a way to get him the ball. Him. And even when Coach was with us last week, he said, we're going to put him in places to stress the defense. Mm-hmm. And I thought you saw that Saturday if you watched the scrimmage. Keaton Thompson-ish type thing? Yeah, I'm not going to go that crazy. Okay. But he's a terrific athlete that can help you win games. All right. Let's go to Mike Elko's debut at Wallace Wade Stadium. That was the capper on uh, Saturday. And uh, you just respect and appreciate the core football flavor Elko brings. Look, I mean, genuine, let's get it going. You know, people on the field, got the headset on. I heard him tell Alex Chappell it's a little awkward. I don't quite know what I'm doing down here at times. But uh, he got used to it, it looked like. There's Trooper Taylor with the hat on backwards with the coach. All right, White beat the Blue 28-14. I did get to see a little of this Saturday night. Uh, you talk about a quarterback battle that may last a while. Riley Leonard and Jordan Moore may go to the tape in August. And they September. should. Yeah. I mean, I thought both of them produced. They mm-hmm. both look good. And, I think again, I think if you're Duke, it gives you a one-two combination that you could call on both of them to go win some games. Yeah. So, go figure. Here's Jordan Moore. By the way, did have a turnover in the red zone pack. But Jordan Moore showed you the kind of explosive plays, run and throw that he gave them a year ago in spots, right? Yeah. I mean, there is – listen, I'm not going to fool you here. Duke's got a lot of work to do. Sure. Right? This is not a finished product. They're not going to roll out there and win 10 games this season. Mm-hmm. hate to break the news to you. They're not. they got a long way to go from a personnel standpoint. But it starts with making sure you've got somebody who can make plays under center. I think Duke's got two guys. Who can make plays under center? Well, Riley Leonard a year ago um, came in and threw the ball under 60%, 381 yards and 62 attempts. Okay? So when you look at Riley Leonard, he's got the arm strength to you know, push it down the field vertically. That's John Tavis Robins, Robertson. rather. Um, that's a pretty tricky throw there. But I like Riley Leonard's throw game. Moore seems to give you – Little balance. A little bit more of a balance. Yeah. Real question for me becomes what kind of solidification can they find in the offensive line? Because there are guys here and there. Addo is back. Peace Addo is a kid who played nine games a year ago. He's got big size. 
Alex, during the game, talked to Dwayne Carter. I think Dwayne Carter is a terrific defensive line presence. But you got to find a way to block here. Jacob Monk is back. He's a big-time player, long-time player there. There's just certain things about where they are. But we agree it's piece by piece here with Mike Elk. Right. I mean, you got to walk before you run if you're Duke football. Yeah. And like I said, I'm going to be realistic and – Tell you, and if you're a Duke fan and offended by what I'm about ready to tell you, get over it. You're not base. You're not built yet to win double digit games. That's hard to do. Right. But this is a good football coach, and he cool. gets it. And I think that if you've got quarterbacks, you got to build kind of backwards. He's a great defensive mind. He understands what it takes to get to a championship level. Yeah. Now you got to go out and recruit accordingly. I think they do have some pieces, Wes. They just don't have the full allotment guys yeah. yet to take it to the next level. I mean, you saw Carter play a little bit. You saw Shaka Hayward make a play. R.J. Oban, those are familiar names. Jalen Stinson's back on defense. I mean, you've got guys kind of here and there. But you don't have any one area that you go, bang, that's it. That's right. That's exactly right. Yeah. And you got to re- – I think if you're Duke this year, you got to really hope you can get through the year healthy, mm-hmm. right? Because they just don't have the quality depth to be able to sustain a bunch of injuries and go, hey, we're not going to miss a beat. Yeah. That takes time. That's recruiting. That's where Mike Elko and his staff have to get Well, to and, and look, his specialty is defense. And in all honesty, the last couple, three years, that's been the trouble spot for Duke. And turnovers. Yep. No question. And that's what was concerning, at least for me. And there's R.J. Oban rushing the passer, 94. But for me – that's where when I saw the red zone turnover pack, I was like, wait a second. Come on now. Seen this movie. Yeah. That's got to get cleaned up. Yeah. And that's, uh, you know, that's the one thing. There's some young guys, though, who can make some plays for them. Uh, Mausi played some football last year. I mean, they've got guys. If you go down through their depth chart, you can see played 10 games, had 20 tackles, that kind of thing. Played eight games, had 15, 16 tackles. There's a lot of those guys to go with the Haywards and the Obens and the Dwayne Carters and guys like that. That that part to me is really going to kind of be about what happens between now and September. How much continuity, how much chemistry, those kind of things. And again, by the way, don't forget, Rob Smith on that side of the ball works for a defensive-minded head coach. How much of that can they get, you know, kind of engineered before they kick it off? Well, Duke fans need to enjoy the journey on this. Absolutely. Like I said, because now, yeah, you're at the ground floor. David Cutcliffe did a tremendous job uh, kind of reinstating Duke football from a facility standpoint. Just the attitude that, hey, we should be yep. able to win games here. Now Mike Elko goes on his staff and mm-hmm. with his staff out on the road hitting the trail and getting some play. They, they've just got to get more yeah. dudes. Simple as that. Well, and I think, too, this um, – and I, I visited with somebody over the weekend that uh, told me Coach Cutcliffe has relocated to Birmingham, now back to his hometown as his, in his new role with the Southeastern Conference. Which, by the way, was, is a tremendous hire. It is a great right? hire. I, mean, I think Greg Sankey did a great job. Yep. Again, we're huge David Cutcliffe fans, and whatever he decided to do mm-hmm. uh, was going to be terrific. I mean, he could be the czar of college football. We'd be in good hands. Yeah. I, I will say this, though. The one thing Duke fans know May not have ended well, but David Cutcliffe left your job in a lot better shape than when he found Oh, my gosh. I mean, it was a, a train wreck when he got to town. Right. I mean, it was a disaster. Yep. All right. So, there we are. Caught you up on the four, didn't we? Just yep. like that, huh? You like that? It was a good day of college football. I mean, and, you know, you got a cool chance to sample a little bit of everything. I mean, uh-huh. you had games going on in Ohio State. You had games going on in Bama, Georgia. Uh, I mean, you name it. I mean, it was a cool Saturday of college yeah. football all appetizers. Tell no you what, I no like main spring. courses. These are just all appetizers. I like the spring. 
Kind of get too. to find those new faces too. It's. Uh, I still think. Uh oh. No, I got a theory on what we should do with Springfield. All right, let's go. All right, my theory is this is where you play roast beef A and M. I think fans would buy tickets to go see the FCS game. Yeah, I would much rather see this game be played in April than I would the first, second, or third week of September. Hmm. I think fans, when you say, hey, listen, uh, season ticket costs me whatever it costs, you know, there's a roast beef A&M game for just about everybody. And that game's in September when it's 123 degrees. And it's like, ah, it's 53 to 6 in the second quarter. I'm out of here. I'm out of here. Or I'm not going. You know, you usually say – I would much rather see that game be played in April, and you can protect your quarterback or your star wide receiver, whatever you want. Doesn't count on your schedule, but it's an actual competition. Well, if you had some of that football leadership at the NCAA, you could have maybe a former coach like a David Cutcliffe craft some rules. <laughs> so you play four quarters, and it's almost like the old quote high school jamboree game. Exactly right. I think fans they kept scoring those. I think fans would show up to tailgate and say, "Hey, guess what? You know, on a season ticket, if it could cost you fifty dollars for a regular season game. This one cost me twenty. Right. I think fans in April for a, for a weekend, let's go shoot the breeze and knock the rust off the grill and yeah. have a couple cold ones and go out and watch my boys play. I think people would go for it. Then you get a half of one versus ones or one yeah. and twos versus one and twos, and then you get a fourth quarter of threes and all. And I right? think your team's tired of seeing the same old buddies that you're going to class with hitting them for 15 practices. You get some fresh meat in there, and let's go play some football. I think fans would be into it. Hey, by the way, we give that to you free, folks. We I offer, mean, I do. Packer I, put that one out there for you for free. I mean, I just think that that would be – and here's the other thing. It becomes a revenue stream, one. Hey, by everybody, the way, everybody wants that. Everybody's looking for a little cash. Yeah. And number two, it's a chance for the smaller school to get a payday to help them. And it frees up a spot in your regular real schedule oh. where it's not roast beef A&M. And you, you can go can make actually more money. schedule somebody. You make more money. Just saying. It's my idea. Have fun with it. Got to open up all the bathrooms, though, in the stadium when you do a game like that. Hey, you hope – you know what? You hope If you're a Wallace Wade Outdoor Stadium, you hope 40,000 people I, show up. I'll tell you now. I mean, you got to treat it like a 13th game. Yeah. That's what you do. Actually, it's a good opportunity to give schools a dry run about their systems and operations on game day, isn't it? Just Try me, new things. Call me crazy. Just saying. Was that free? You going to give that one away for all free? All free. Free Packer information. That is FPI. There we go. Uh, tell you what else is free. Leaky Black's decision to come back to Carolina, huh? Best on-ball defender in the ACC comes back, Pack. Hubert Davis is a happy man. He had a good week. Tell you what, Hubert Davis had a great week recruiting and never left the building. Well, maybe he did for somebody else, but for this, that was a phone call. Back after this on Packer and Durham. This is the Packer and Durham Podcast. It is a Monday. It's tax day. Just a reminder for some of you out there. They're like, oh, yeah, I'll get around to it. How'd you do? I'm done. And fine? Yeah, I'm getting something back from the government. Really? Year. Yeah, that doesn't happen very often. Does not it's all there. going to be applied to uh, international economics. <laughs> Coming all up at it. the end of the May... The Pac-Man goes worldwide. Yeah, we're gonna we're gonna spend every dime of it in Europe. In lira, gonna convert all that to lira, are you? Uh, I don't know if it's gonna be lira, but uh, it's gonna be spent in Europe. Is where it's gonna be. Lira, spent. <laughs> maybe Swiss francs. 
We are going to Switzerland. Yeah, that's it. Well, of course you are. By the way. Uh-oh. Wake Forest fans. I am going to Switzerland for a day in May. Mm-hmm. I need a Wake Forest something to take with me. I got a hat and a car. No, 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 no. I don't oh. want a hat. I want, I want something better than that. I got a hat. So Wake Forest fans, I'm, I'm putting it out there for you guys. My hat just got dismissed. No, I don't want your hat. Just got dismissed. No, no, no. I got a hat. I it's got a good one. Clawson gave me the hat. I am, that's great. That's tremendous. That's not what I'm looking for. I'm oh. looking for a Wake Forest trinket to take to Switzerland. Any suggestions, let me know. If you have something you'd like to give to me. A copy of the 6162 me Media Guide. No, 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 Wes. You, listen, I got this. Let me handle the creative part of this. Got a top hat up here. I'm not taking a top hat to Switzerland. All right. Okay. That'll be here by the end of the week. What about the statue of the deacon right behind you holding the I'm not packing football? that in a suitcase to you Europe. You can't get that through trip. I guarantee you, think, you, you security, American Airlines security will think that's a weapon. Yeah, you think American Airlines? A woman was accosted aboard an American Airlines flight by a deacon. <laughs> All right. That would not work. That would not work. All right. Let's get to some of the news here. And there's a spinoff of this I'm going to share with you here. Leaky Black from Concord, North Carolina, not Concord, is uh, coming back to play fifth season for the Tar Heels. This was always kind of out there, even though he was honored on senior night. But, boy, is this, this the best on-ball defender in the ACC and might be the best on-ball defender in college basketball. Uh, what a great get for Hubert Davis. Now Baycott, Black, kind of waiting on Caleb Love, aren't we? Well, and if if Love decides to go to the NBA, good for him, yeah. chasing the dream. But if you're Hubert Davis, you're looking around the nucleus of next year, and you're like, you know what? I can absolutely yep. positively build around a bunch of old dudes that know how to play. 97 starts and 122 games for Leaky Black, and uh, 104 assists and just 37 turnovers. Yeah, everything about that's a feel good for it's a feel good for North Carolina. It's a feel good for college basketball. It um, is. Said the same thing when we talked about this about Armando Baycott last week. Mm-hmm. Let me show you a stat at one of the really interesting Twitter follows on ACC basketball is at Dadgum Box Scores, <laughs> and this came out the other day. Since ninety two ninety three, that's the year Carolina beat Michigan in the Superdome, most minutes played in a single season. Look at the top two. We talk about the Iron Five at Carolina. Any more evidence you need than that, Pac? Enough said. Numbers don't lie in this particular no, case. No, 1,332 for Caleb Love, 1,324 for R.J. Davis. Apparently, the R.J. Davis thing, I, some thought there might be news there. I, there's been none, so I'm going to take it that R.J. Davis is back. Caleb Love said last week to Inside Carolina that it'll be two weeks. So we're four or five days into that. And uh, that's a pretty good list right there when you got Ed Cota. Justin Jackson, and, of course, Tyler Hansborough. Along the way, 24-7 has now updated their recruiting classes for basketball next year. Okay? I know how big a fan you are of this. Here are the ACC recruiting class rankings now. Look at this. Seven in the top 20. Wait a second now. What happened to the league? I thought the league was in real trouble. Well, people on the outside – Barking all that nonsense. Duke 1, Virginia 10, Carolina 3, Syracuse, Notre Dame, Miami, 
Florida State all in the mix. A um, couple of things have come up along the way in the last couple of weeks, and I, I want to share this with you. The storyline in the ACC about the COVID year and the extra year like the one for Leaky Black, we've noticed that with Jimmy Beheim and with uh, at Syracuse, who transferred from Cornell, Paul Atkinson transferred from Yale to Notre Dame, as you remember. Carly Littlefield played for Courtney Banghart at Princeton then transferred to Carolina. Every one of those players had the extra year they played at their new school. But they also technically, mathematically, like some other kids, could have come back for one more year, could have appealed for the get the extra year, right? It's my understanding that all of the Ivy League transfers have been denied, Pack, by the NCAA for the extra year. Well, at least they're consistent. I mean, the NCAA. I, I, what are I we doing even, there? I don't even. I don't. I have no idea. I cannot speak for them. I don't want to speak for them. Um, I don't get it. I, I never get it when it comes to those guys. I really don't. Uh, all I know is, is our league is going to be really good. Yeah, going to be really good. But that's all I know. Now we know Jimmy Bayham, Paul Atkinson, go ahead went to the professional ranks. I'm not sure the timing on this decision. At least to me, they have chosen the professional ranks because they knew they couldn't come back. Carly Littlefield been denied that extra year of eligibility, and now after doing a little more digging this weekend, it sounds like that all of the Ivy League participants who transferred during off that COVID year have now been basically denied the extra year. I'm not sure that's a fair deal. I'm not sure that's fair. Well, well heaven forbid common sense gets involved. Well, in that, therein lies the other problem, too. Yeah, but why, why can't the NCAA just say, hey, look, you guys are membership no different than anybody else. If a kid went from the Sun Belt and they played and he got the extra year – why in the world would a guy who didn't play, who transferred, not get the extra year? Well, maybe we have another subcommittee meeting. Who's bringing donuts? <laughs> uh, that's what they're good at. Who's bringing the donuts? I, that's just not right. Wes, there's so much that's not right with that organization that I don't even get upset anymore. Uh, it's almost comic relief when there's an announcement. Seriously, and I hate to say that. Kansas City Jayhawks. There you go. <laughs> Kansas City Jayhawks. And we come back hour two on the Monday show. A little bit They've of a only con- been investigating them for four and a half years. They call them the Kansas City Jayhawks. The president of I, the NCAA. I, I promise you the guy got nervous. Oh, he got nervous. He got really right. nervous. All had right. To, he had to wake up. Hour two is full. Uh, Jay Vitovich and uh, Carlos Samuano will join us. There is a move afoot, pardon the pun, to make soccer two semesters. And the plan is called the 21st Century Model, and you'll hear why that is the name and the concept next when we start the 8 o'clock on Packer and Durham.